Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome all of you to our second episode of this initiative from Islam Unraveled, Know Your Muslim Neighbor. In this episode, we are going to speak a little bit about what Muslims believe about God. And keep in mind that this series is simply a, uh, it's an introductory series. It's not to go into uh, very deep theological discussions, but it's to uh, familiarize people with beliefs, actions, ethics that Muslims uphold in an effort to, uh, to help people understand Muslims better and in an, an effort to bridge the gaps that are, um, that are sometimes created because of just a lack of understanding about each other. Now, speaking about God in any religion that upholds God as, as a deity, as a being to be worshipped, is usually um, a very detailed kind of a, a discussion. In every religion you would find volumes and volumes of books written just to explain that religion's beliefs about God. Now, for us, for, for Muslims, the, the discussion also could go on for, for weeks or months or even years. However, I think it's, this is a good opportunity to share some, some basic and fundamental things. So, obviously, the Muslims believe in God. And it's also important to, um, to know that Muslims do not believe in their own God. In other words, Muslims do not believe that they have a God that is exclusive, exclusively theirs and only... Uh, Muslims believe in that God. Rather, we believe in the same God that is uh, that is believed in by uh, the other, for example, the other Abrahamic faiths, Judaism, Christianity. We don't have our own God. We believe there's only one God, and He is the God of of all of humanity and and of the whole universe. Now, when I was thinking about how to frame this discussion and keep it to the point, several things came to my mind. Then I thought it would be better to simplify it. And we have, in our, um, in our Islamic tradition, we like to take these things directly from the source. We don't speculate or come up with our own um, ideas or suggestions about these things. The Qur'an being our book of, uh, of guidance and of education goes into these matters in, in a lot of detail. In fact, a very large portion of the Qur'an is dedicated to explaining who God is. And one of the ways that we can summarize that is um, by looking at God the way He has described Himself in the Qur'an and how 
the prophets uh, have talked about God. And for us, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, has left us with a, uh, with a tremendous amount of, uh, of knowledge and information about this, leaving uh, very little to the imagination or very little to speculate about. So, in the Qur'an, God is described with various attributes. And I would like to look at those uh, attributes in a very brief way. And there is one hadith, one prophetic tradition that kind of summarizes all of them. And these are uh, names or attributes of God. And every one of those names is in fact a, a quality of God. It is something that God does or something that God is or some aspect of His of his beautiful attributes. So, the the famous uh, hadith, famous tradition, talks about ninety nine names of God, for example, and the the hadith which is in Bukhari and Muslim mentions that there are ninety nine names of God, and then there's a hadith in another um, compilation, Tirmidhi, that actually lays them out. Even if we were not to rely on just this hadith by itself, the Qur'an actually covers every single one of these uh, attributes that we're going to talk about. And I'm going to be very uh, brief and, uh, and to the point, and I'm just going to go through the attributes so you can understand, you can get a complete picture of what is our concept of God. When we, when we th- say God, or the word that is used uh, in the Qur'an, the word that is used in the Islamic tradition, Allah what are we thinking and what are we believing when we hear that word and when we say that word? So, the word Allah itself means the one, the only one that is worthy of worship. The only one that is worthy of being deemed a deity. So that is what the word Allah itself is conveying and it is usually followed with the description, الَّذِي لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ That Allah with whom there is no one worthy of worship. Okay? Now let's, this is Allah describing Himself. Ar-Rahman. The first quality after Allah is Ar-Rahman. And this quality is, is used by Muslims uh, every time we we do something important or something special or we're about to do a task, we say Bismillah in the name of Allah, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, who is the most beneficent and then the most merciful. Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. These are aspects, two different aspects of His mercy. Ar-Rahman is that aspect of mercy that is all-encompassing. It is. It encircles everything. It is vaster than everything. That mercy is shared with everyone and with everything. One hadith mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divided His mercy into 100 portions. And it is one of those portions that is feeding all of the mercy and compassion in the universe. And it is from that 1% that every mother derives the mercy and compassion she has for her own children. And it is from that 1% that an animal was about to um, stomp on its newborn with its hooves, steps away out of mercy and compassion for its child. So all of the mercy in the world 
is coming from that 1%. So what happens with the remaining 99%? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept that 99% to show this to show mercy to his slaves on the day of judgment when they will be in most need of it. So that's Ar-Rahman. And this mercy is for those who believe in him, those who don't believe in him, those who obey him, those who don't obey him. It's the wide and vast mercy. Then there's Ar-Rahim. Ar-Rahim, it's derived from the same root, Rahma, which means mercy. However, this is an exclusive mercy. This is the, the special mercy and the favors he gives to those who are obedient to him. Al-Malik, he is the king. In other words, he is the, he is the owner of this universe. He is the master of this universe. And he has absolute authority over it. He is Al-Malik. He owns it, he runs it, and he has complete authority over it. He is Al-Quddus. Quddus means one who is free from all flaw, vice, error, fault. And the Qur'an brings this up in different ways. For example, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا ال... وَنَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا فِي سِتَّةِ أَيَّامٍ وَمَا مَسَّنَا مِنْ لُغُوبٍ I created the seven heavens and the earths. It didn't exhaust me. It didn't tire me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond, He transcends beyond exhaustion, fatigue, tiredness. لَا تَأْخُذُهُ سِنَةٌ وَلَا نَوْمٌ He neither gets drowsy nor does he sleep. And لَا يَضِلُّ رَبِّي وَلَا يَنْسَى he neither makes an error nor does he forget. He does not forget. So he is free from all things that could point towards a weakness of any, uh, of any sort or a, um, a deficiency of any sort. He is free from all such vices, faults and flaws. As-salam, this is one of the names, and you will hear Muslims greeting uh, people with As-salamu alaykum, which means peace. Peace is also one of the names of Allah. In other words, He is the one who gives peace. He is the bestower of peace. He gives people peace, enables them to feel peace, and He is the one who creates peaceful situations for, uh, for the universe. As-salam. Al-mu'min. Al-Mu'min is the one who, who grants safety and protection. So, if there is someone who needs protection, they turn to Allah and He grants them protection. If He does not grant someone protection, then that person has no protection. And the word Mu'min, it goes beyond just protection. It's the feeling of, of being safe. Al-Amn. A person feels safe. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives that sense of, of contentment, of being safe. He instills it into the hearts of people. Al-Muhaymin, he encompasses everything. Nothing escapes him. He not only oversees everything, but he also encompasses everything. Nothing escapes his knowledge, nothing escapes his, his grasp. Al-Aziz, Al-Aziz means, A, he is deserving of all honor. It also means that nothing can stop him. If he decides to do something, 
then there is nothing that can that can prevent him from uh, from carrying it out. Al Jabbar. Al Jabbar means the one whose whose power is unstoppable, but it also means the one who makes up the the deficiencies in people by giving them something else. If he takes something away, he gives something in its place. If he takes away a faculty, he'll replace it with another faculty. If he takes away some bounty, he'll replace it with another bounty. So this word Jabbar has this meaning as well. Al-Mutakabbir, this is the right to have pride. Because he is the king, because he is the most majestic, he also has the right to be proud over his over his powers. And that ability to be proud, to be, let's say, superior. Al-Mutakabir is the one who is superior. So that sense of superiority belongs exclusively to him. And he does not share it with anyone else. Because he is the supreme, so all supremacy belongs to him. Al-Mutakabir. Al-Khaliq. He is the creator. Khaliq means the one who brings things into existence after they did not exist. So something did not exist, he brought it into ex- existence. He has created it. Al-Bari, he brings it into the world. So something didn't exist. He made it exist. And then he allowed it to proliferate in the world. So whether it's a tree, that tree did not exist before, he brought that tree into existence and then he allowed it to proliferate and continue to spread in the world. Al-Musawwir, the one who gives everything its distinct shape, whether it's human beings, whether it's plants, animals, any kind of thing that exists in the world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it its beautiful and distinct shape. Al-Ghaffar, he is the one who forgives over and over and over again. And we'll make more reference to this as we... uh, as we move through. Al-Qahar. Qahar is the one who is overpowering and nothing can overpower him. Al-Wahhab is the one who gives and he keeps on giving. He gives, then he gives again, then he gives again. Whether it's something of a of an, uh, of an abstract nature, opportunities, He'll give and he'll give and he'll give. Or it's something of a, of a tangible nature, something that you can sense, something that you can use, you can possess. He gives and he gives and he gives and he, and he keeps on giving. Ar-Razzaq is the one who provides. So he makes provisions for all his creations. He makes provisions for them and he keeps on giving them. And he sustains them. And Razzaq is a very powerful word. It also includes the the creation of the means through which people get their, uh, their sustenance and through which all the creatures get their sustenance. You know, we talk about the food chain and we talk about how the human being um, manages to find so many different ways to sustain their lives. So we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created all of those means through which we sustain ourselves. Ultimately, even if we are the ones that are uh, acquiring those means, utilizing those means, but it is in fact Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, according to our belief, 
who creates those opportunities and creates those means through which everything and everyone gets their um, sustenance. Al-Fattah, he is the one who opens up doors. When a person is locked into a seemingly um, very difficult position from which there is no escape, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up doors for them. And Fattah also means the one who gives victory. Al-Alim, he is the one of absolute knowledge. His knowledge is complete. His knowledge is um, is absolute. He does not need to think. He knows. He does not assume. He knows. And there is nothing that escapes his knowledge. In fact, the Quran says, وَمَا تَسْقُطُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا وَلَا حَبَّةٍ فِي ظُلَمَاتِ الْأَرْضِ وَلَا رَطْبٍ وَلَا يَابِسٍ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مُبِينٍ even if a leaf drops from a tree somewhere, a leaf breaks off and falls to the ground, even that leaf is in his knowledge. A seed that's planted, every seed that's planted, he is aware of that seed and he knows what happens to that seed once it is buried under the ground. So his knowledge is complete. Al-Qabid Al-Basit He can narrow our sustenance and our opportunities to get sustenance and he can expand. Al-Qabid, Al-Basit. He can, he, he narrows the risk, the sustenance, he expands the risk. Al-Khafid, Al-Rafi'ah. He is the one who lowers people and he is the one who elevates people. So, if someone is, is being lowered, it could be as a consequence for something that they have done. But ultimately, their being lowered is in the hands of Allah. And if someone is being elevated, ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has control of that. He can change that. So is Al-Khafid, Al-Rafi'ah. Similarly, Al-Mu'iz, Al-Mudil. He is the bestower of honor and he is the one also who gives disgrace. So we believe that honor comes from, because he is the one of honor, he also has the power to give it to people. And he also has the power to take it away from people. So, Al-Mu'iz, Al-Mudil. Al-Samir, Al-Basir. We believe that he hears everything and he sees everything. So nothing can be concealed from him. Nothing can be hidden from him. Al-Hakam, Al-Adl. He is the judge. He is the ultimately the one who has the authority to, to give to give judgments about people and about their outcomes. But his judgments are always based on justice. In Allah la yadlimu dharra. He does not commit any kind of injustice. Someone does something good, no matter how minute it is, they will see the consequence of that good. If someone does something something bad, no matter how minute it is, they will see the consequence of, of that act. Al-Latif Al-Khabir Al-Latif means he is very subtle He works in subtle ways It is not obvious, always obvious What his plan is Sometimes it looks like things are going really bad But all of that is actually lining up a person For some, some great victory Like in the story of Yusuf salam, In the story of Joseph Who is thrown into the well And he goes through this entire ordeal and it looks like his life is going to be very miserable, but all of that was actually setting the scene to elevate him to a much higher rank. So he works in 
in in subtle ways. And in fact, that word, in yasha, is actually used in the story of Yusuf salam, of Joseph, that how how um, how subtly he uh, he arranged everything in a way that no one could really um, foretell that this is going to be the outcome. But he is also al-khabir. He is aware of every single thing that transpires. He's al-khabir. Al-halim. His forbearance, his tolerance. It's not like a person makes a mistake and right away he punishes them. But rather he tolerates. He gives people chances. He says, okay, it's alright. Let them come around. Let them come around. He does not react suddenly. Suddenly but rather he he waits he waits he gives a lot of respite he gives a lot of delay he is al-azim he is the uh, the majestic one all majesty belongs to him and there are other words to this uh, to this effect as well al-ghafur he covers up people's mistakes he covers up their their sins al-shakur he is extremely appreciative of the good that people do and this is a very um this is a very interesting area to explore. One of the attributes of Allah is his, his appreciation for the good that a person does. A person does one good deed, but he multiplies the reward by at least 10 times for every single good deed that a person does. And multiplying it by 10 is the bare minimum. In fact, the hadith tells us, the prophetic traditions tell us, that he often multiplies the reward up to, up to 700 times and sometimes even beyond that. That's one good deed. It could have been a deed that was done at the right time, in the right place, with the right intention, at an occasion where it was needed the most. Due to any of those elements, he amplifies the reward and gives much more than the deed that was actually done. Al-Ali, he is the highest. He transcends, and this is going to come again in another attribute, Al-Muta'al. So he is the highest. So nothing is compared to him, nothing is brought uh, equal to him, nothing can be equal to him. He is the highest. Al-Kabir, he is the greatest. And he is also the protector. Al-Hafiz. So Muslims turn to him for protection. We are supposed to seek his protection. And if he is protecting someone or something, then nothing can harm it. But if he is not then nothing can uh, save it. Al-Muqit is the one who conveys the sustenance to the creatures, to his creations. So one is that he, he creates the things uh, that sustain us and then he has a system of getting those things to us. Qut means supplies, things that a person uh, or, or a people need for their sustenance. He provides all of those things and gets them to his uh, creations in, in very interesting ways. Al-Hasib Hasib is the one who has the authority to hold people to account. And while he is merciful and compassionate and he has all of these uh, beautiful uh, qualities of generosity he is also, because he is the supreme authority, ultimately he is in control of everything, he also has the authority to keep um, 
to keep people or hold people accountable for their actions. Al-Jaleel, this talks about how, uh, how magnificent and how great he is, how glorious he is. Jalal is his glory. And he is also Al-Kareem, he is the most generous. In fact, one hadith says that the hands of Allah are full and spending day and night does not decrease his, what is in his hands, meaning his treasures. And the hadith asks the question that have you ever thought about how much he has spent since he created the heavens and the earth? So whatever he is giving to his slaves, this is Allah spending on his slaves. And he continues to spend, he doesn't count, and his treasures never get depleted. He is also a raqib which means he is the one who watches over uh, everyone. He is the he is the overlooker. Al Mujib, when people call to him, when people pray to him, they raise their hands in front of him, he responds. He he listens to their prayers, he answers their prayers. And Mujib the one who answers prayers. Al Wasir he is very vast. And this vastness is uh, is applicable to all his attributes. His power is very vast. His mercy is very vast. His mercy is vaster than the entire universe. And his mercy is vaster than the sins and mistakes and errors of, uh, of human beings. So ultimately, his, he is very, very vast. His knowledge is very vast. It encompasses everything. So from every aspect... He is al-wasi'ah. He is the one who is, um, he has no limits. He has no limitations. There is no way that you can, uh, you can limit him or um, attribute anything to him that is limiting. Al-Hakim, he has all wisdom. So he is extremely wise. In everything that he does, there is a wisdom. Now, because he's also vast, so his wisdom would also be extremely vast. And an interesting point that, um, that we can reflect on here is that we might not be able to understand everything that he does. And we're not responsible for understanding everything. There are many things that we will understand through research, through reflection, through, um, through learning, there are many things that we will understand, but it is not possible for the human being to actually understand every single thing about the universe and what happens in it. But we do know that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing, whatever God is doing, He's doing it out of His wisdom. And there is wisdom in every single thing that He's done. What exactly the wisdom is, sometimes we can figure it out and other times we just can't. And that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. There are many things that we, we believe in, even though we might not necessarily understand them, but we know that this is a reality. Al-Wadud, he is loving. He is affectionate. And he, he loves his slaves. He loves his slaves. And he also wants his slaves to love him. So, um, He's not just the king and the master, but he's also the one who loves us more than anyone else. Al-Majid, he is the one who is worthy of all reverence. And Al-Ba'ith, 
He is the one who resurrects after people die. So we believe in resurrection and we believe that God will resurrect us after we die. A shaheed, he is witness to everything. He is witness to everything. And he is al-haq, he is true. And he is the truth. And whatever he says is the truth, whatever he does is the truth. So the greatest truth, we believe, the greatest truth of this universe is the existence of God and the truthfulness of what God says. Al-Wakil, he is the best one to place trust in. He is the one who should be entrusted with all our affairs. Al-Qawi, he is the uh, he is the one of strength, and his strength knows no bounds. He is able to do whatever uh, he he wills. Al-Mateen, he cannot be bent, overpowered. He cannot be uh, subdued. Al-Mateen, Al-Wali, he is the protector. It also means friend. He is the protector and friend, like in one place, Wallahu Waliyul Muttaqeen. He is the friend and the protector of those who are uh, who are aware of him and who avoid his displeasure. Allahu Waliyul Ladina Amanu. He is the fr- friend and the protector of those who believe in him. So this is another attribute. Al Hamid. He is worthy of all praise. All good things are attributed to him. All of those things that uh, that are worthy of praise. He is the most worthy of uh, of that praise. Al-Muhsi, he keeps track of everything. Al-Mubdi, he is the one who created everything. Al-Mu'id, he will recreate. So, we believe that after the day of the day of judgment, he will recreate us. Al-Muhyi, Al-Mumid, he will bring us back to life. He is the one who brings things to life, and Al-Mumid, he is the one who brings death. Al-Hay, he is he is alive. He is alive and his life, his being alive is very different from the life of all other creations and all other things in the universe. Because he is the one being whose life and whose existence does not rely on the existence of something else. His existence is independent of all other beings and entities. So he is Al-Hayy. And he is Al-Qayyum. He is the one who is keeping the universe sustained and intact. So he exists independently of everything and he alone keeps things together. Al-Wajid, if he wants to seek out someone, he will get them, no one can escape them. Al-Majid, he is, uh, he is the one of, uh, of nobility, of honor and reverence. Al-Wahid, and Al-Ahad means he is one, he is by himself, he does not need anyone else to be with him as a partner or as a helper or as an advisor or as someone to comfort him or as someone to do something for him. He is alone and independent. He does not need uh, anyone and that's, that is going to come up again. Al-Samad is the one that everyone needs to turn to for their need, but he does not need to turn to anyone for his need because he has no needs. He does not need to turn to anyone, but all the creations are completely dependent on him. Al-Qadir, he is the one of power. Al-Muqtadir, he is the one that holds all authority. Al-Muqaddim, he can bring things forward. Al-Muakhir, he can push things back. So things that a person would not expect to happen, he can make them happen very quickly. And things that a person was expecting to happen right away, he can push those things back. 
So he controls the timelines of of things, and those and and ultimately, uh, it rests with him. He is the only one who has the ability to do so. Al awwal al akhir. He always was, and he always will be. So he has no beginning and he has no end. Al zahir al batin. Zahir means uh, one meaning of zahir is that he always prevails. He always prevails. And the other meaning is that he is manifest. He is apparent through his signs. His signs are the signs that indicate his existence and his power and so on and so forth are so plenty that it is easy to recognize him. It is easy to uh, it is easy to believe in him because there are so many symbols and signs of uh, of his existence. But al baltin our eyes are not able to see him. La tudrikul absar. He says these worldly and mortal eyes cannot see him, but yet he can reach everyone's eyes. He knows where everyone else. He knows where everyone is looking, and we believe that yes. Uh, people upon entering paradise will be able to see him. He will allow them to see him there in paradise. Al-Wali, he is the guardian. Al-Muta'ali, he transcends beyond all his creations and, and the universe. Al-Bar, he is dutiful. When he promises something, he, he makes it happen. In Allah la yukhliful mi'ad. When he promises that, look, this is the outcome of such a th- and such and such thing, then he makes it, he, it will always happen. And if he says that um, such and such thing will never result in, in, in certain outcomes, then they will never happen. And he is a tawab. So if a person makes a mistake and they repent to him, he will pardon them. Then they might make a mistake again and, they, and repent again. He will pardon them again. They might make a mistake again and then again repent. And again he will pardon them. So he will continue to pardon a person as long as they are repenting sincerely each time. He knows our uh, our weaknesses. He knows that we are weak, we're flimsy, we're fragile. Sometimes we don't have the resolve. Even when we're trying to be sincere, even when we have the best intention of doing something, we're not able always able to follow through. So he has left this um, this door of repentance. That it doesn't matter. I'm never going to say to you, "Oh, you're back again. Here you are again." As long as you repent sincerely each time, he will continue to, uh, to forgive and to pardon. But at the same time, he is al-muntaqim. He can take people to task. And al-intiqam here means that he can bring about uh, severe consequences for people, that, uh, for people that have deserved it. He is not incapable of that. In other words, we don't believe in him as He's merciful and he's just merciful and he's obliged to show mercy all the time. He's obliged to forgive us just because I said forgive me, so he has to forgive me. Uh, and just because I made a mistake, um, he should understand and he should not hold me responsible. It's not like that. Yes, he is extremely merciful. In fact, the prophetic tradition says that he is more merciful than a mother is with her own child. So he's merciful, but it doesn't mean that he is out of he, he has lost control and is not able to 
to put people in their place. So yes, he can bring about consequences for actions. But al-afu, he can also let people go. If people are sincere, their hearts are in the right place, they're doing the right thing, he can also let people go. Al-ra'uf, he is extremely kind and compassionate. Malikul mulk, he is the ultimate authority. All kingdom belongs to him. So he is the owner of, of kingdom and of kingship and of power. All power comes back to him. Dhul Jalali wal Ikram. He possesses all the attributes of glory and of kindness. All the attributes of glory and of generosity. All the attributes of glory and of compassion. He has all of those qualities. Al Muqsit, he makes sure that everyone gets their due, whatever they deserve. He makes sure that they get it. Al Jami', he is the one who brings people together. And he is the one who brings things together for us. And he is also the one who will bring everyone together on the Day of Judgment. He is Al Ghani, which means he's independent of all his creations. But he is also Al-Mughni. He has the ability to enrich us, to grant us wealth, to make us independent from other people. Al-Mani'ah. He has the ability to, to prevent things from reaching us. He is Al-Mu'ti. He gives. When he wants to give someone, no one can stop it. But when he wants to stop someone, then no one can give it. al he has created the things of harm in this world. Al-Nafi' He has also created the things of benefit. Benefit and harm are ultimately in His control. If He wants someone to be benefited, then nothing can harm that person. And if He wants someone to be harmed, then nothing can help that person or benefit them. And He is An-Nur. He is the light. And He is the one who guides. Al-Hadi. He is the one who grants guidance. Al-Badir. He is the originator. Everything he does is original. Everything he has created is original. He hasn't had to copy of, off of someone else. Al-Baqi, he is the everlasting. Al-Warith, everything comes back to him. After the world finishes and people die and whatever the, the end and the conclusion of this, of this universe is, even after that happens, he will still remain. He is Ar-Rashid, which means... He has the knowledge of what is right and he is always in Rabbi ala siratim mustaqim. He is always ruling, acting, deciding based on what is correct. And he has the ability to guide and, uh, and give direction to people as well. And he is a sabur, he is patient. Like I said, he does not react suddenly. He does not uh, suddenly take revenge or suddenly punish people. He is extremely, extremely patient. People might say inappropriate things regarding him. People might believe incorrect things uh, regarding him. He is patient over all of those things. Now, these were these 99 names. And I just use these as reference points to kind of give you a quick list of the things that we believe about God. So when we say the word Allah, or when we hear the word Allah, 
this is what goes through our minds. And like I said, we do not believe in a separate God for the Muslims. The word Allah simply just means, it means God. In Arabic, we believe He is everyone's God. In fact, when Yaqub salam, when Jacob, um, prior to passing away, he asked his sons, مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِي What are you going to worship after me? They said, نَعْبُدُوا إِلَهَكَ We're going to worship your God. وَإِلَهَ آبَائِكَ The God of your forefathers. Abraham, Ismail, Ishaq, Isaac. We're going to worship him. So, إِلَهَ wahidan. There is just one God. And he says in the Quran, وَإِلَهُكُمْ إِلَهُ وَاحِدٌ Your God is one God. Now, I understand that people have questions about God in general. And I also understand that sessions like this, which are, uh, which are very general, they're, not, they're non-specific, sometimes they uh, lead to many questions. This is not the forum to answer every question about God. It's also not a forum where we are trying to um, prove the existence of God or, or preach about God. This platform of Islam Unraveled is simply to let people know what we believe and what we do and some of the reasons why we, why we do what, what it is. And one of the uh, misconceptions that people have are, yes, about the, the God of the Muslims, who is the God of the Muslims. So I've given it to you in a very short and brief summary. We also believe in God as someone that we love. We don't just believe in Him as a deity that we worship, but we also reserve a certain kind of love for Him. And we, we love Him in a way that we do not love anyone or anything else. The, the essence of faith is not just in a strong belief, but it's also in a very strong love for what one believes. So from this perspective, a Muslim should, should love their Creator and have a, a deep and very personal connection with their Creator. He is, like I, I described very, very briefly and almost crudely, He's also our friend. He's our helper. He is uh, our protector. So He is the one that we should be turning to in our times of loneliness, in our times of, uh, of difficulty, uh, troubles. And we also believe that if He has decreed something for us, then it's going to happen. And we have to find uh, a way to become uh, content with whatever He has decreed. In fact, one hadith says that a person doesn't achieve the reality of faith until they know, until they know, until they fully understand that what was going to reach you was not, could not have missed you. And what missed you could not have reached you. 
So that could be, again, something uh, in the form of an opportunity. It could be something of a tangible nature. Regardless, that belief in, in, in the plan of God, that He has planned this, if there is something that was not in my control, I was doing whatever was in my capacity, for example. I was doing what was in my capacity. And then things happened that were out of my control. What am I supposed to do at that time? Well, there are certain things that we can control and there are certain things that we can't control. And it might seem frustrating to some people, but you can also look at it from this perspective that if it's not in your control, you're also not accountable for it. You're not responsible or accountable or answerable for the things that were beyond your control. And it actually helps you let go of certain things. And sometimes it's those things that we, uh, that we hold on to that become a source of unbearable grief or stress or pain. We're holding on to it, but when we reflect on it, there wasn't really anything that we could have done. In some cases, yes, it's time for lessons learned. It's time to reflect and, uh, and, and learn from our mistakes because we all make mistakes. I'm not speaking about those occasions where we made a mistake and then there was a consequence. I'm talking about things that are not always in our control. Someone gets sick, for example. Generally speaking, they were looking after their health. But they, all of a sudden, they they were diagnosed with some kind of a disease. This, the, the pain of that could be crippling for a person. It could paralyze them. It could literally um, leave them uh, hopeless and crushed. But Islam teaches us that there there are occasions that you need to let go. If it was not in your control, if you did not do something to cause that, then you're not answerable for it. There is some good that is going to come out of it. Look for the good in it. If there was an opportunity that you were seeking and you tried to get it and you didn't get it, don't hold on to it. Don't stay holding on to it. That No, I needed that. I want that. It's time to let go. If something missed you, it was not written to reach you. So this is also another aspect of our beliefs um, regarding God. Like I said, we can go on and on. But this was sort of a, um, a rudimentary uh, introduction. And um, in the... In the coming episodes, we'll be we'll be talking about um, other things. Um, what do Muslims believe about um, about Jesus, for example, Jesus or Moses or the other prophets? What do Muslims believe about the Bible, for example? Um, we'll be talking about what is the concept of spirituality in Islam? How does spirituality work? Um, and many other things. There are so many questions that people ask us regularly. And we we know that you know all our um, uh, Muslim brothers and sisters out there are not necessarily able to answer those questions in detail. They might have an idea of the answer, or their faith might be guiding them, but they're not able to necessarily break it down and explain it to their neighbors. So, know your Muslim neighbor is is just about that. It's Muslims talking about Islam and letting us letting you know that this is who we are. This is. Um, this is what we do, and this is uh, this is why we do it. And uh, we hope you will find this uh, beneficial. Please uh, feel free to share this. And um, as questions keep coming in, um, we'll 
continue to try to continue making content that will um, that will address those questions. Thank you so much for for joining us today, and um, we'll look forward to doing this again very soon. <laughs>